Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Tom, tech head on Bike Radar, and with me we've got Seb Stott, who's uh, very, very... <laughs> <laughs> just just Seb Stott. You're just Seb Stott. Just some guy. He's just some guy. And then we've got uh, Luke Marshall from MBUK as well. Hello. So today we're going to talk about mountain bike racing and look at what we reckon are probably some of the most physically and mentally demanding events around. Between us, we've raced pretty much every kind of mountain bike race going. Uh, Downhill, enduro, cross-country, marathon, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, we wanted to work out what is the hardest mountain bike race discipline around. So we'll start with Seb. What's your experience? Let's let's go and chat what we've done, what we've all done. I've done... A couple of very kind of low-key cross-country races. Student champs. Student champs, that kind of thing. The pinnacle of cross-country <laughs> the racing the in the UK. Of, yeah, in like southwest Scotland, Ooh. what is the absolute pinnacle um, on that particular weekend. <laughs> um, I've also done a few enduros, uh, quite a lot of like local uh, level and uh, national level enduros. I've done, I think, four EWSs. Four. Um, finished two of them. The other two, okay. I, I may have crashed quite badly. Um, and I did about five or six uh, Scottish downhill um, races mm-hmm. back in the day. So I've kind of done a little bit of everything, but mostly enduro. Wicked. Luke, you've got quite a, a high, prof- high profile. High profile? A very high profile. Very high you profile. Know, the, the world probably remembers <laughs> you're, me. You're one it? of yeah. the few people who's actually been sponsored. Um, <laughs> in the loosest sense the of loosest, sponsorship yeah. terms, yeah. Uh, what, yeah. what racing was so, it? Downhill? So my background is, yeah, mainly downhill racing. Um, 
since a teenager, 14, 15 years old, for yeah, 10, 10 years or so, mm-hmm. I raced downhill. Um, made it up to World Cup level. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I've tried a few Enduro races and yeah, dabbled a little bit in a few Masters downhill races just yeah. for fun these days. Um, but yeah, my background is definitely much more yeah downhill focused. Mm-hmm. How many World Cup races did oh, you enter, do you think? Good question. I think seven. I think it took me... I qualified on my fifth one. Oh, on nice. the first one, I punctured. The second one... I put my mech through the spokes. The third one I fell asleep and missed. <laughs> it's a long story. Um, <laughs> and then Is that I what tried to, to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a long, yeah. <laughs> and then another, there must have been a, a crash. I think I, hurt, I yeah. injured my thumb on one. And then the, the fifth one I qualified for. That was Fort okay. William. Qualified for the finals. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think my best results had like a 45th at Fort William and a 34th in Schladming. Mm-hmm. Um, that's then I had good. other races where I was outside the 100, top 100. Yeah. So and you're racing, you racing with Rob Weaver of this parish? Yeah, raced a lot with Rob Weaver. Yeah. yeah, we had a van together and we used to travel around the country. Yeah. Wicked. How about yourself, Tom? Uh, well, I've never done a downhill race, um, which I maybe one day will. Maybe. Probably never. Probably never will. <laughs> uh, I've done one enduro, which was an EWS qualifier, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, I've raced marathons, multi, multi-day marathons, day marathons, short cross-country races, 24-hour races, 10-hour races, 12-hour races, cross-country races. What else can you race? Oh, fat bikes. I raced a fat bike once. That was miserable. Um, yeah, so I think pretty much everything bar downhill. Mm-hmm. I forgot I also did a fat bike race Ah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in Switzerland. It was a three-day like cross-country style, style race. So it was like a couple of hours, an hour and a half, two uh-huh. hours of like riding on uh, um, ski like pieces. cross-country ski pistes. Yeah. It's really fun, actually. Really good fun. Is it? Incredibly sketchy sometimes. Yeah. Because sometimes it would just be ice. Yeah. Um, but on, on riding a fat bike on like pisted snow mm. is really, really fun. Yeah, kind of, it kind of works there, a fat bike. Yeah. yeah I didn't realize before I went how firm the snow needs to be. Yeah. I thought you could just ride it into snow. <laughs> I just went straight over the bars <laughs> immediately. Yeah. But if it's properly pieced like the kind of thing you would cross country ski on, it's really good fun. Yeah. Me and um Matt Orton, who's one of the former um art editory people on MBK, we did a one fifty K fat bike marathon in Lapland one February. Um which was kinda cold and a bloody long way. Uh, and not something. I mean, it was it was an experience, an experience that I had. And that um, did oh, you meet Santa? Uh, no, we sadly missed Santa. Um, I mean, February. February. February is, is kind of is chilling out. He's on his holidays down the Caribbean, I think. <laughs> um, ate some reindeer though. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's an experience that I've had, but will probably never have again. <laughs> so what was harder, the 150k race in the snow or a 10-hour race on a normal mountain bike? Mm. I'd say a, a, a 150k race on the snow was pretty was pretty hard. It took me 16 hours yeah. um, to do it. Um, a 10-hour race in the UK is... Because it tends to be on better surfaces, i.e. not snow, and you're not riding a fat bike, which on anything other than snow is highly compromised and not very good in my opinion. Um, I think you tend to ride a bit harder and a bit faster. So I've definitely found... 
yeah, there's 10, 12 hour races physically like real, real hard. And then the 24s again, like with a 24, you slow down a lot more. Does it become more psychological? Where's the balance between physical exertion and then like mental exertion? I reckon like, three or four hours for me is the difference. I think three or four hours you can hurt yourself and you know that three or four hours is going to finish at some point pretty soon. Whereas I think if it, if you're looking at, yeah, six, 10, 12 or 24, you know that you're in there for the long haul and you know that you can't physically hurt yourself for that long unless you're like super elite. Um, or, you know, conversely, if you're in a quad, I think some of the hardest races have been pairs, pairs 24s or pairs 12s or quad 24s because you have no um, let up. Like if, you, if, you, if you're on a lap, you've got to ride hard because you've got a, a 45 minute lap and then you've got two and a half hours off to recover and, and warm up again. And you know that your teammates are working hard. So you've got, you can't just chill out on your lap if you're feeling a bit tired. And pairs is probably the worst for that because you, you have to try hard because your mate's trying hard. And then you get back and, you know, you've only got the time in which he or she is doing their lap to cool down, have a bite to eat, and then warm back up again before you go out. So, I've, yeah, pairs, I reckon, is probably some of the hardest of those so, races. So this is a style of racing that maybe not everyone is familiar with. It's like a certain time a certain track, just do as many, a certain mm. loop, just do as many laps as you can. You can either do it as a solo or a pair or a trio or a quad or whatever. Yeah. And I guess you've done a lot of that style of racing. Done a fair number, yeah. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah, you've done Strath Puffer. I've done, yeah. Multiple, how many times? Uh, I think I've done three Strath Puffers. So that's um, up in the north of Scotland in January, um, which is pretty unpleasant. Um, I've done Relentless, which is in Fort William, a fair number of times. And then um, no fuss events in Scotland. When I was we lived up in Scotland, did a load of their 10-hour and 12-hour races, Caroftree and Fort William and A, I think they did one in. And then obviously all the Mountain Mayhem, mm. Sleeps in the Saddle and all that sort of stuff in so, the UK. So when you're doing like a 24-hour race or even a 10-hour race mm. as a pair mm. or a quad, are you really, are you pushing yourself on the bike in a sort of cardiovascular, like, you know, really working your 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 body in that sense? Or is it more about the kind of long haul, the kind of mental challenge? I think it depends on it depends on the, on the race and on the team and how you guys, you know, you're getting on. I think in the Straff Puffer, I've always been unfortunate enough to be the weakest of the quads. But within that, you know, our worst result, the Puffer's been sixth. Um, so we've had a fifth or sixth and, and we came second one year in a quad, which is quite... You know, you've got to be yeah. trying fairly hard for that. So every lap in, certainly in that race, and certainly when you get to sort of like six or seven in the morning when the sun's coming up and you know you've got like 15 minutes on the people behind or five minutes or whatever it is, like you, you're putting the effort in, mm. you know, and that's full on almost cross-country race pace. Or it feels like or certainly the effort, the pace might have dropped off by then. But Yeah, yeah. The there's, first, a, there's a big difference, isn't there, between that perceived effort and... And actual speed. Because sometimes when I ride with a heart rate monitor, which is fair bit of the time now mm. not that I'm much of an athlete but I think it's quite interesting because you, you sometimes feel like you're really trying hard mm. and you look down at your heart rate and it's like not all that high and mm. you're like well maybe I'm not actually trying that hard it just feels sore you know your body yeah. feels sore you don't feel very very excited about putting a lot of power through the pedals mm. so there's there's a definite difference isn't there between like perceived effort and actual like yeah. physical but exertion. I guess it depends what your your muscles are capable of delivering at that point. Oh, totally. You know, if, yeah. you, if you can't put more through. 
I mean, the the, the twenty four hour thing is opposite, the, the exact opposite to a downhill race. So what what's you know, if you've done a lot of those, that's a three, four minute effort, right? Yeah, three, four minutes, I guess, probably average race time. Um, how do you how do you regulate yourself? For that? How do you prepare for sort of such a short, intense burst of not only sort of physical speedy effort, but also the mental like coping with everything? So the mental side of things, I think, is most people are focusing on what they're hitting their lines, basically hitting their breaking points, hitting the lines, making mm-hmm. sure they're going as fast as they can everywhere. So you're not really worried about, okay, this is going to be four minutes. How do I maintain that? Because you're just going to go as fast as you can, as hard as you can, mm-hmm. and hope you can hold on as long as you can. Um, and the mental side of things is just, yeah, making sure that your mind is willing to push your body as hard as it can. Um, as for the physical thing, you just you just go all out, basically. There's yeah. no holding back. If... Um, there's certain sections of track you might try and conserve energy if you can. You know, fast, high-speed sections, riders will tuck because, you know, it's how much we're wasting energy trying to pedal where it's quicker to tuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's it's relentless. And, and like you said, it's it's four minutes and these guys train and everyone trains to make sure they can go as fast as they need to for that and more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think nobody can sprint flat out for four minutes. No. Like, you, you can't... You can't you know, give your absolute hundred percent for that long. It's it's not like a no. It's not a ten, ten second sprint, sprint or no. something like that. No, but so, there. And and I think you from from watching the World Cups, you know, you can see uh, some riders will be pedaling in some places, and others won't bother. And there's kind of a bit of tactics going on there. Or do you think more or less it's you pedal and you and you go for nah, it? Where you in can. terms of pedaling, I think it depends on the style of the rider. Some people that can really pump and use the track well and the mm. bike well to generate speed would will, will use that to their advantage. Others that maybe, I don't know what the word is, less, less subtle on the bike and just hammer the pedals mm. will, will use that to their benefit. Um, and no, you, you, you can't do a six-second sprint for four minutes, mm. but they will be pushing their heart rates. Whatever they can put out, they will be putting out, you know, in terms of energy expenditure. So when, when it came to your downhill racing, what was it? Um, my sound like I don't know if it's a weird question. Or what was it that stopped you from being being better? Yeah, being the best. Was it was it your was it skill? Was it your mental? A bit was it arm pump? Was it you know what? Uh, honestly, I would probably say my fitness was one of my biggest hindrance. Right. Um, Is that tied to sleeping through the start of a race? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Having a nap after practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like in these days. In downhill racing, at any competitive level, I'd get my ass kicked. And I did a little bit when I was mm-hmm. was younger as well. Um, I, I never had a gym program. I never did any, had a road bike. I didn't train for downhill. Mm-hmm. I just used to go on the weekends and ride my bike with my mates and that was it. And then if there was a race, we'd go to a race and do that. Um, tracks like Fort William. Um, I mean, that's a really long physical really track. really long physical rough track. And yeah, and and you ride the top, you, well, you ride as fast as you can for as long as you can. And by the time you're at the bottom, you're doing half the speed. Right, you're uh, just hanging you on at that do. point. You just can't hang on. Uh, like Schladming, for example, I'm sure that like, the last minute of the track, the only thing I had in my head was don't let go of the handlebars. <laughs> don't let go of the handlebars. You're, you're not really concentrating on lines or getting off the brakes anymore. Like that was my biggest weakness was just being... Yeah, not strong enough to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, if races were twenty seconds, I think I'd do much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think? Do you think? Um, 
the professionalism of downhill is, has changed in the past five, ten years? I think the knowledge behind the training has got much better mm-hmm. recently. I think there's much more or many more coaches involved and a bit more science behind the training. I think people back in the early 2000s, they were training. I think it'd be stupid to say they weren't. They were probably enjoying themselves a bit more as well. Yeah. Um, but I think there's definitely much more much more science involved in it and much more dedicated training and mm-hmm. and working out, okay, what is downhill racing? What are the physical attributes you need to train for? And, you know, hitting those really hard. Mm-hmm. When you were riding the, the in the races, were you riding at 100% all the way? Or did you ever scare yourself back a little bit to make sure you got to the bottom? Or? Um, I probably rode as fast as my yeah, strength and energy would let me. Yeah. So um, you, you couldn't have gone faster at any, you know, you were riding 100%. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, try and ride as, yeah, as fast as I can hold on to the bike, basically. And would you say um, that having raced some enduro since, same for you, so like, are you... Do you race at 100% when you're racing an enduro? Because it's two days maybe, or a day is racing rather than three minutes. On the stages I will, the, of the races I've done, then, yeah, I've tried to give it what I could. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once, the, once they count you in and you go, I find it very hard to go, okay, well, there's three more stages to go, so we'll just kind of cruise this one and, mm. uh, and save a bit for the next one. I think well, as soon as the clock ticks, then... You just you try your best on that stage, yeah. whatever you can do, and maybe it's not wise. Maybe you burn yourself out, and then by the time you get to the next stage, you mm. have less to give. Um, but then you just try and do what you can do on that stage. That's kind of how I've how I race it, I guess, in enduro. Mm-hmm. And my enduro results aren't that strong, so maybe I should try and change <laughs> my approach. Yeah, mm. or well, just do more training. But yeah. you've done quite well in enduro, Seb. I know you never talk about your. I'm not. Uh... So you, not you brilliant. Right one of them. I've done okay in like local races. Okay, um, but I'm I'm not I'm not a huge not a huge racer. But I've done probably done twenty enduros or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm kind of the opposite to Luke. I'm very I'm always thinking about how to conserve my energy. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not much of a sprinter. I I like I can pedal pretty hard, but I I'm not. That kind of really high end cardiovascular burst of speed. That, yeah, that kind of cardiovascular fitness you need for like a four or five minute stage is not brilliant. So I'm always like thinking about how to best conserve my energy. Like, like if um, if you come out of a turn and there's like a hundred meter sprint, right? I'll sprint for the first part where it's really going to make a big difference. But then I'll like coast mm. into the corner so I can conserve that energy. Maybe even sit down, you know, for a few seconds before a corner. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of always thinking about that kind of. Uh, ways of of being more efficient on the bike, yeah. Uh, to kind of make the most of what 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 fitness I've got. Um, so I think I think I'm quite good at that. I think I'm quite I think I'm better at racing than I am at riding in yeah, a way. Okay. Yeah. Like I will I will tend to place with people who are probably a better rider than me technically. Yeah. And maybe fitter, but I, f- I feel like I'm quite good at like sort of make, getting the tactics right and yeah. kind of knowing where to really go for it and where to kind of conserve energy Mm -hmm. a bit i was chatting um i just got back from the launch of lapierre's new Mm e-bike the overvolt glp2 and nico vulios has been heavily involved in in the design i was chatting to him a little bit about e e enduro a bit of a name drop there you know me and nico go literally hours back (laughs) uh but we were chatting about it and you know he was sort of saying that um we were chatting about the displays that bosch give and 
the, the Keox display, I can't remember which one it is, but it shows you your speed anyway of how fast you're going. And obviously the assistance drops in and out depending on the speed you're going. So he was saying on sort of flatter, more pedally bits of track, he'll be looking at the speed he's going. And you know if he's doing 30-odd kph, putting a lot of effort in, he'll keep doing that. But if he notices that he's actually only doing 27 kph, he'll drop down to 25 and a half and let the motor pick up some of the slack where he ha- you know, while he has a little rest. Yeah. And then he can put a bit more effort into, so his speed sort of varies, oscillates between having some assistance and then having a lot of effort rather than sort of maintaining quite a high effort, but only just above the assistance level. So is he talking about e-bike racing? That's there? e-bike racing, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And enduro stuff. And I know it's quite interesting that, you know, he's putting that much, you know, there's actually thought and tactics go into, into that effort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, e-bike racing is very kind of new discipline, and mm. I don't know if it, if anyone really knows if it's going to take off in a big way. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe it will. Um, I don't think it's anything any of us have done. Not yet. No, not I have a race. But yeah, there'll be a whole new whole new suite of tactics going on because, like, you know, if you're on a a slight climb, you could absolutely toast yourself trying to go like one kilometer an hour above the assistance limit. Yeah. Or you could just like do half the effort and go one k less, yeah, and then save that effort for later for a descent or for another sprint or something. Yeah, yeah. I think the tactics is certainly something I've never been particularly good at. Maybe with the racing, so doing a pairs marathon race recently with my friend Nick, and we um, we were racing along a it was a bit of a fire road sort of thing in a big group of people, and. Uh, I was sort of hanging on just to the back of Nick and my mate Nick was very strong and I was just hanging on the back and then he sort of pulled out from behind the back of this group and just started overtaking this whole group of you know 30 or 40 riders and I was like bloody hell Nick like, this is like way too much effort for what I, I could really mm. manage but what what Nick had remembered at least from the the race notes was that after this bit of fire road there was a single track climb and where you don't want to be on a single track climb is at the back of 40 people because mm. you are you know you're dictated the pace to by them so he was pulling us to the front of the group just before this bit of single track. So we had basically a free, a free climb. You know, we could slow people up behind us. It didn't really matter because we, you know we were racing against them. Yeah. But we weren't being slowed down by that. And it took me like it took me a few minutes to realise once we got on the climb and I sort of looked round. There's this like string of people like going miles back, and I was like, oh, bloody hell, man, that was quite good, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of doing that at all. But yeah, yeah. tactics is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole lot more tactics when you're in a an actual race as opposed to time trial like downhill or enduro where you're just racing the clock mm-hmm. when you're racing other people there's all sorts of that kind of tactic goes on um, how about that in any of the cross country races you've done where you're actually you're not just against the time where you're trying to pick yourself against other people yeah I, mean, I guess exactly exactly that and it, it's you know the, the those races all those 24s is probably the ones where I've, I've done okay at my tactic in I did a load of cross uh, the Scottish cross country series when I was at uni uh, and my tactic then was to, uh, I built a single speed because I realized that when I was going uphill on my geared bike, because I'm relatively lazy, I certainly, certainly was at that time, especially being a student, I was just clicking down the gears, clicking down the gears, feeling that I was putting a lot of effort in, but actually just spinning a really low gear going quite slowly. And I was losing all my time on the climb. So I built a single speed where you can't spin. I ended up doing way much better because every sort of climb was a bit more effort. And you just, you know, it's only an hour and a half racing. So it seems a long time. It seems, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not. It's not twelve hours though. Yeah. I guess any any distance is hard if you put in if you if you if you push as hard as you can. Mm. Like I did um, a tiny bit of track racing at 
uni again, I did a 1K time trial and it was absolutely horrible. Yeah. Like, I can't remember how long it was. I mean, my time was really terrible, mm-hmm. but it was still, like, not very long. Um, and I, I was absolutely roasted after. I was, like, my lungs were knackered. I was, like, had that, like, horse cough you get after a real hard sprint. Yeah. So, like, any distance, whether it's 24 hours or 24 seconds, you're, you know, you can toast yourself. Mm. If, you, if you're, you know, it depends on how much you want it. Depends on how much you want to, how much effort you put in, yeah. isn't it? Well, do you think you'd be most suited to downhill racing then, Luke? Was that um, if you if you could start again a racing career, what would you what would you aim for? Yeah, I'd probably go back to yeah downhill and enduro. Does I like enduro is too type fun. Mm-hmm. Like I, while I'm doing it, I hate it. I go around and I'm knackered, All right. and every stage is hard, and the liaisons people just ride away from me, and I'm yeah. like, oh god, here we go again, up another one. Mm. Then you get to the top, you click and you do, and you bat your way through. Get to the end of the day and you're like, oh, never again. Mm. And then later you're like, oh, yeah, that was good fun, wasn't it? I like yeah, enduro, yeah. that's cool. Do you get the same fear yeah. racing enduro that you did downhill? Assuming you got any. The same fear? Yeah, like, I mean, if, if I'm, if I'm going to go and race, you know, like a descent, you know, an enduro or something, I'm a bit like, because you've got to race hard down a hill going, you know, like, I think downhill's risky, right? Yeah, I think there's a certain risk factor in downhill. Um, no, I can't. I can't say I ever found myself scared of what the possible consequences might be, mm-hmm. and I'm probably too stupid to to know what they are now and, and uh, believe what could happen in enduro downhill races. I get more nervous about um, not being able to perform my best for some reason. Yeah. Like all I want to do is be able to get to the bottom of the run and go, okay, I couldn't have done that any better. Mm. And I think that's why I sit at the top on a start line still nervous yeah and I try and in theory you're racing the clock but you always in the back of your mind thinking okay I still got to beat this person that person that person and I try and put that away to the side and just concentrate okay what have I got to do to get myself from the top of the track to the bottom as fast as I can Mm -hmm. and that's what I focus on and and my biggest fear is probably not being able to perform how I want to rather than what is on the track or the consequences that might happen yeah yeah so if um, so, James is a MBUK editor. If he turned around and said, "Oh, Luke, you've got to do a series on. You've got to go and race one of every type of race, and you've got to do a downhill and enduro, a short course cross country. You've got to go and do a marathon, and you've got to go and do a fat bike race. Which would be the one that you'd be least looking forward to? Least looking forward to? Oh, good question. Fat bike race, probably. Yeah. But only because I've never ridden a fat bike. Mm-hmm. Um, I've yeah, no experience or no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, enduro and downhill. Fine, I've have experience of those. It, yeah. Cross country, yeah, I would do it. Um I I again I think that might be type two fun. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's an hour and a half of solid suffering, real brutal. Um but once you finish and I think you look back on it and be pleased like if you, you tried hard, yeah, you'd be yeah. like, pleased with yourself. Like ten hour racing, like ultra marathon racing. Yeah, some I have no experience with. I've never mm. done it. Like, I think the furthest I've rode on a road bike is 160 kilometres. So yeah. Probably eight hours on a bike or something. I mean, um, Ed, Ed did that strapper for a couple of years ago and he absolutely buzzed off it. Yeah. He did it as a pair, which, you know, as I say, I reckon that's the hardest. That's pretty nails. And he had a good time. Yeah, he said never again. Yeah. <laughs> but he did enjoy it, right? But yeah, but he did enjoy it. So, um, yeah, I think the long, I think the long ones, just because it's what I'm least experienced and I wouldn't know how to approach it, if you know. Yeah. And I'd probably have to try and change my tactics of riding a bike when the clock starts mm. quite drastically. Yeah. 
to how I grew up doing it. How about you, Seb? Or at least likely to do. Yeah. Um, possibly something ultra marathon, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, possibly like World Cup downhill. Mm-hmm. Mostly because some of the jumps, places like Lenza Heidi, some of the jumps are enormous. Yeah, yeah. And like you, in some cases you can roll around them, but there's just so much shame in doing that. <laughs> I mean, for me, I would feel uh, you know yeah. there would be no shame really. Yeah. But <laughs> but um, I think. Uh, You'd wonder what Warren would be saying on uh, on Red Bull yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think he I would, wouldn't make the cut. I, I wouldn't be in the <laughs> I wouldn't be in the live feed. Never mind qualifying, all that stuff. Even if I qualified, there's no way I'd be in the live feed. Yeah. Um, unless I was at World Champs from like one country from like Niue. Yeah. That has like literally great country. Yeah. Sixteen hundred people. If I moved to Niue, become, yeah. become a resident, and Niue-ian? then enter World Champs. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. I, would you make the live speed then? Because they do show it all, don't they? They show everyone, don't they? Yeah, do they actually? Maybe you wouldn't get a, a Warner commentary. Yeah, I don't think maybe I would. Just be streaming. He would on. probably just be chatting to whoever was a, yeah. in the commentary booth and not actually looking at the screen. Yeah. They'd be like, "What was this guy doing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be me. I think I'd agree. I don't, I don't think I don't think MBK could pay me enough to do a downhill race. I just, that's going to be a challenge. I'm going mean, to get not Tom not doing that's downhill not, racing. That's Tom goes downhill. Do Again, it, but it's the same thing. It's like I, it depends I, on the track, doesn't it? Like UK downhill, like somewhere like Inner Leithen, not mega jumps, not mega features. It's like tight and twisty, mm. rooty, muddy, technical, but it's not like I massive booters, huge gaps. I think for me, any any jump, mm. I just I've got. I mean, it's, it's a personal personal issue, but I have a very big head case against I, can't, I just hate I hate it, and that's why I wouldn't want to do even like an enduro. Like you know, I've done. You know, I've done one enduro, which I thoroughly enjoyed, but like I'm not much of a race. I'm not really into race, despite having done quite a lot of racing. I don't really like doing it anyway. Mm. I'll do another enduro. Maybe. Why? Why don't you like it? What is it about racing that you? Um, because I don't like not doing very well. And like I know, like with things like the puffer and things like that, you know, having done it in the past and having done well, I know I can do that. And the pairs marathon race that me and my mate Nick did, we did pretty well. Uh, the fat bike race, I came mid pack, but I was, you know that was an experiential sort of race. And I think for me, the reason why I like racing, and you know, whether it's going to, you know, whether it's Africa or, or um, Finland or whatever it is, like it's because it's I'm doing it for the experience of doing, it, not because I'm trying to compete. Whereas I think in the UK, if I was going to go and do a race in the UK, you'd be doing it because you're going to go race, not because you're doing it for to go and see a new place or to go and travel, hmm. and therefore. I'd be less inclined to do it because I know that if I go and race a Welsh Gravity Enduro, I'm not going to place in the top 10%, probably. So I kind of, for me, I kind of can't really see the point, if that makes sense, because the point of racing is to do well, for me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And also, it's just like the shame of not doing very well in the race. <laughs> I don't want to see my name like halfway down the results page. Like that's, who wants to see that? I haven't paid 80 quid to do it. <laughs> To see that this year I decided to uh, have a go at the Whistler EWS this year. Oh, yeah. That's the pretend one, the EWS 100. Okay. Yeah, I haven't got a license anything for racing the real one. So then now I'm going to go for a strong mid-pack finish. There we are. That's, yeah, I, uh, I think that's, you know, I think that's... But that's quite an experience to go yeah, and do. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to Whistler, so... Yeah, yeah, maybe if, you know, MBK turned around and said, oh, Tom, do you want to go and do do that? Then maybe, you know, it'd be hard to say no, wouldn't it? But if they were yeah. like, oh, can you go to Kumkan and go and, like, you know, yeah, try... I was like, uh, nah. 
Can you go to Forest of Dean and race it downhill? But if you had a chance of doing well, you'd be well up for it. If I knew who else was racing, (laughs) if I knew that it was like, if I could like enter punter racing, then yeah, great. (laughs) Punter racing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How would you do that? Just like poison all the top ten. You know, read them a really relaxing book so that they fall asleep. (laughs) I was going to say maybe I could enter one of the kids' races, but I'd still get absolutely. Oh God, no. Yeah, they're so fast. So yeah, I don't know what to do. Maybe grand, 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 grand vets race against some seven-year-olds. Yeah. I'll try that. Probably still get beaten. Probably would. No offence. No, 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 no. <laughs> so have you guys got any more races coming up this year? Is there any events planned you've got? Uh, the only one I've got on my radar is the trans which is uh, a big enduro in um, southern France in May. So that's... I mean, there's a prologue on, prologue on a Saturday, and then it, the main day is like... Uh, 70-something K with 3,500 metres of climbing, four 5,000 metres of descending from down to, the, uh, down to Nice. So if I can logistically work that out, then I'll be down with that. It's meant to be savage. Kind of like I was speaking to a friend who's done the Epic Enduro and he's done the Trans Vesuvian. Okay, yeah. And he was saying, you know, not quite as mental, but still, yeah. you know, he's like, don't you wouldn't want to do it if you were out of shape. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I've got, really. What about you, Luke? Uh, like I said, the, the one the one big event this year is the uh, yeah the Whistler race. So that, that sounds it. savage. So so the EWS one hundred is the same event, isn't it? Same, the same event, course, but same course. You you go you, out, but you can't win. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's like sportive. Yeah, it's yeah, sportive. the sportive category. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Enduro you, World Sportive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so you do that. You do the whole course. And uh, but yeah, you you kind of race in the morning, leave early, and uh, you kind of have your own class as well. So there's mm-hmm. and there's a scratch race as well. So you see where you finish within everyone's mm. time. But no, it's just for people. So you can want... be like, oh, I was ten minutes lower than yeah whoever on this stage. Not yeah. that you will be, but I mean, I'm yeah, it's top projecting. of the world. It's a, it's a twenty minute stage. There's a good, uh, you, you good could chance. You could be ten minutes slower than a pro and still not be that slow. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, after half their speed, yeah. That's uh that's a really uh savage race that, isn't it? Because it's it's known for being not only really technical stages but quite uh tight uh transfer times in the past. Don't tell me these things. I'm uh, I'm quite ignorant. I guess to it that, depends but, yeah. but there is year <laughs> to year, but there's one year in particular where even the pros are saying it's hard to finish your stage and pedal to the next stage in time. Hmm. And which sounds like kind of an all-day race in a way but yeah 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 so yeah enduro can vary a lot from um just kind of casually chatting with your mates pedaling up the hill mm. and racing down to like having to really push all day long i'd say depends you know, on the format i think if we were going to sort of say what we think is the hardest mountain bike race format i'd probably say that enduro is going to be well up there because not only do you have to have the the physical capability of, of racing and riding hard mm. all day, which you have in any of the race, it might be for two days as well, or it might be three days if you pick you know some of the bigger events. Mm-hmm. But you've also you're effectively racing almost on downhill tracks on enduro bikes, and it's not a four minute stage. It might be a ten minute stage. It might be a fifteen minute stage. Yeah, and some of the EWS um, events have more time descending than a whole season of World Cup downhill. Yeah. And that's not to say it's harder. I mean, as we said, like, any event, any race is as hard as you want it to be. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the amount of skills you need to be able to do, you know, maybe two days of practice, two days of racing, 
you know, maybe, I don't know, eight, ten stages in some cases. Mm. Um, and and to be able to get, get down all that safely and sometimes pedal between them, uh, as we said, yeah. at a fair pace sometimes. You know, you need to be quite a balanced rider, yeah. I think, because you need to have pretty much downhill skills um, with, you know, the, the ability to do that all day long. Yeah. What do you think? Is that fair? Or am, yeah, I, am fair. I underselling downhill as a discipline? No, you do not, from my experience. So, like, if you said, okay, one race to go do a downhill race or a endure a race on, you know, energy expenditure, I'd choose the downhill race. Mm. You know? Mm. Sure, you do six to eight runs a day, um, and they're not easy, you know, it depends how oh, yeah. hard you push it. But, yeah, mm. I, I find riding ride on a Jura race all day harder than a downhill race yeah. but um but yeah it's, it's hard to know what's his uh well i think i reckon we can i can think we can safely say that enduro racing is therefore the hardest mountain bike race around well we haven't really mentioned cross-country yeah. racing have yeah, we, we don't miss have a lot of cross-country like, it's remember, so remember miserable though isn't it <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to talk about that it's bloody hard it's yeah really, i think if you're real like proper fast it's yeah, it's real hard. And nowadays, we talked about the, the the kind of downhill skills of enduro races, but mm. the downhill skills of cross-country races is yeah. so impressive. Because you're doing it on a bike that's not built for going down a hill very fast. Yeah, until recently, or in some cases, with the seat up still. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah, it's it's so impressive what those guys can do. Yeah. Maybe um, that's going to be, that might, I might put that on my list this year to go and do a proper cross-country race again. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind doing a... Uh, a local mm. cross country race. Drag out the MGK Lycra for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There must oh, be yeah. some around somewhere. It's got the a skin suit from, got, the, uh, yeah. from the mid 90s. Well, Robin's still got that. So. <laughs> got an invisible one for you. Oh, <laughs> right. I'll, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll tailor yeah. it for you. Yeah, please, mate. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, but no, cross country, like if you said do an enduro race or cross country race, Luke, I'd probably take the enduro race. Yeah, I think I you'd have more fun doing an enduro race as well. At least you can mm. chat on the climbs. And yeah, if I understand it was cross country, you just got to be balls out, full stop. Yeah. yeah, it's like an hour and a half of non-stop. You yeah. know, your heart rate is is Feels as high as it can comfortably as as high as it can sustainably be yeah. for an hour and a half. It must be more like at least in enduro, you're on your own to a certain extent. Mm. When you're racing, especially, it must be really demoralising if you're trying your hardest and someone is just riding away from you in cross country. Yeah. That must must just break yeah. you when you can't do any more and you're just being dropped. Yeah, yeah. There's something that about the endorphins at the end of a cross country race, though. Like when you get across the line and you're feeling absolutely bushwhacked, and then I, oh, I, and the start of a cross country race stressful when when you're like online. And, and I say I've not done like a serious serious cross country race, but mm. but still, you're in a bunch start, and it's like oh my god, this is First crazy. Corner. Yeah, like <laughs> sprinting down a fire road yeah, with yeah, like a yeah. hundred other people. I mean, all funneling into a piece of single track, like, ah. Yeah. Speaking of that, we haven't even touched on, like, Meg Avalanche or anything like that. I mean, if we're talking about setting off down somewhere oh, yeah. pretty flat out on a glacier into the first corner with hundreds of other people trying to do exactly the same, I mean... Have either of you done that? No. Nah. I've done it once, 2006, oh, have you? 14 years ago. Yeah, it was on a downhill bike back then, before yeah. I had an Enduro bike or anything. Yeah. It's on my, yeah, on my giant glory. Um, no dropper post. Nothing, just uh, um, put the saddle up, 
and I put the saddle up a fraction too high in the snow <laughs> and, uh, and I had a terrible ride down the snow because I couldn't put my feet down I couldn't put my feet out to balance <laughs> and uh, I wasn't close enough to the front just to be able to ride my bike with my feet up so that was a, yeah it went bad and then um, I can't tell you the swear words I used <laughs> as I was going down that hill it's a family the, podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, there were some dark times on that hill there were yeah so you kept the seat up the whole way down Oh yeah, I didn't have a dropper post. That was it. Like, I, yeah, he I didn't set... like stop to put it down. Oh, no, because it was it was. No, it's a race. It was can't stop. It yeah. was good I think, enough. I think if it was like... me, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to win this race. I might as well enjoy it. But maybe that's just my uh, losing attitude. <laughs> I kind of I've said it that what was a good compromise for going down and pedalling, mm. but it was just too high to have my feet out on the snow, like when I needed to 2006 Giant yeah. Glory, well known for pedalling efficiency, so... Well, yeah, yeah that, this is it. It's great, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was one of the races you get to the bottom and, like, that was... You think you've wasted an hour of your life. <laughs> <laughs> but, but looking back, it was like, oh, I quite like it to go again, that was yes. fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, but then uh, Type 2 fun comes in again, you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. it wasn't so bad. Yeah. I've said, actually, maybe I, I'm going to take away my, you know, if, if James told me to do a Ford, a Ford Mini Enduro, a Mini Downhill, I'd, I'd do that down Corkscrew rather than do a Meg Avalanche. That yeah. would be my, be my... Every year someone says to me, awesome. oh, we're yeah. doing Meg Avalanche, do you want to come? And I'm like, every year, I'm like, no, I really don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm I not going to win. I'm probably going to be like stuck, stuck T-boned by some German dude on a high bike. It'll be horrible. <laughs> Is that a high bike or a higher bike? <laughs> I said, both of them. I said, <laughs> could be both at the same time, actually. Um... <laughs> I mean, or someone else. Yeah. Maybe this is a, uh, a series to do. Everyone does an event they least want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you go out to Meg Ravalanche, you're going downhill racing. Yeah. And I do a 24 hour solo mission. Yeah. <laughs> on a fat bike. On a fat bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should yeah. all do it on fat bike. <laughs> Maybe fat bike is the absolute golden ticket for uh, Meg Avalanche. Yeah. You just make yeah. so much time on the Avalanche. Yeah. On the, uh, sorry, on the, uh, on the glacier. glacier. Yeah. Oh, God, let's never do that. Let's never do it. You've never done slope style. <laughs> oh, is that even a... Oh, it's not even... It's not, not even race, worth considering. not a race discipline, hey? <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. I think we've, we, I think we've probably fairly covered off pretty much everything there. Yeah, some <laughs> concrete conclusions there <laughs> yeah. from that discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've all decided, don't go and race the Megavalanche. It'd be horrible. <laughs> Certainly not on a 2006 Giant Glory, anyway. With, with the seat up. With the seat up, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the White Radar podcast. And uh, yeah, back next Monday with something else. No idea what. <laughs> Look forward to it. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.